This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI, and it's also now time for Karen McGee to join us from Morrisburg, Ontario, an AMI content development specialist. Hey, good morning, Karen. Good morning from the thriving metropolis of Morrisburg. Mm-hmm. A little bit chillier today than it was yesterday, for sure. It is the way it goes. You guys were up in the 20s yesterday, and now it's almost like old man winter is rattling the chain. That's 27, it's... last I checked. 27. Whoo, baby. Ain't like that anymore. That's okay. This is how this is how winter rolls in in Canada. Karen, let's talk about Jonathan Petrie, a really famous individual in the Ottawa area. He's been honored with a park in his hometown of Russell, Ontario. Karen, Jonathan Petrie may be very famous in Ottawa, but maybe not as well known nationally. Tell us a bit about his story. So he passed away in 2018. And before that, like I said, he was super well known in our area and also kind of in the NHL circle. Um, he had epidermal molisses bullosa, which made his skin fragile, like the wings of a butterfly, which is why he was also known as the butterfly boy. He was a huge sense fan, a huge hockey fan. Um, and the NHL really rallied with him to raise awareness of the disease that most people had never heard of. TSN did an award-winning documentary on him as well that um, that, that was really, it's really powerful actually. Um, to give you an idea of the impact he had on the Sens and sort of in the hockey world and in our area, their development camp named an award in his honor called the Jonathan Petrie Award, which is given out to the hardest working players in the camp. And for quite a few years, from about 20, say 15 to 2018 until his death, there, he was featured quite heavily in the news, um, sort of raising awareness. Um, he was undergoing some treatment, some experimental treatment when he passed away. Um, but he did a lot to sort of raise awareness of this disease that uh, is, is more common than you think, but a lot of people don't know about. So that's Jonathan Petrie's backstory. How is this park honoring his memory? So he didn't get to play in parks because the skin is so delicate, it blisters, it peels away. Um, playing in a park is not an option for him. And there weren't a lot of accessible parks in the area. So this past month, the township of Russell officially opened the Jonathan Petrie Park. And according to their press release, the new park includes things like an accessible play structure, swings, a boat structure, exercise equipment. There's also tennis and basketball courts. It's the first accessible park in Russell. And Russell's just outside of Ottawa. It's not small. So this is this is a big step and a long time coming. Um, Jonathan really loved the outdoors. So this is a really fitting tribute to him. And actually in September 2020, during the pandemic, the Jonathan Petrie Catholic Elementary School was also named for him in Riverside South as well. So, you know, he's being honored quite well and hopefully um, that awareness will keep going. Yeah, the impact that he had on the community uh, was was quite touching. And uh, when he passed in 2018, that was that was certainly a very emotional day in Ottawa media, uh, probably only rivaled by when Brian Fraser passed away a couple of years ago. It's uh, pretty amazing oh. how the city and the community can can rally around these these people. You're going to make me cry here, Dave. I know. I know. Uh, Karen, let's jump over to something that's not going to make you cry. The CNIB has announced this year's winner of the Arthur Napier McGill Distinguished Service Award, which recognizes passionate and dedicated volunteers. So, Karen, we'll almost pretend like this is the news quiz on Tuesday. And the winner is... 
Well, what's cool about the award? Um, this is the highest honor for the CNIB, and this year's honor is really deserving. And I'm going to quote the CNIB Facebook post about it because they really do sum up his contribution really well. In 1991, Robert and his late brother David attended camp in CNIB Lake Joe for the first time. It was described as a life-changing experience by both brothers, one that would become the catalyst for countless hours of service and support in both CNIB and DBCS for years to come. Um, Robert gave a lot, especially to CNIB Lake Joe, um, raised some money to honor things in his brother's memory after his brother passed away. Um, just to give you an idea of how powerful this award is, some of the... Uh, past winners are Lewis Gillis, Francis Cutler, and Dorothy McNaughton. So it's really, um, it's really kind of a big deal. Yeah, Karen, give us those those names th uh, another time because those three people are all names that are well known, certainly within either local communities or even on this show. So uh, Louise Gillis, Francis Cutler, who was one of the founding people who started up Voice Print many mm -hmm, years ago, mm -hmm. and um, Dorothy McNaughton. You may, you may be familiar with that name. Yeah, Dorothy, a regular contributor on this show once a month as a community reporter. Louise Gillis obviously was the president of the CCB for a long, long time, spearheaded a lot of the community work they do. And you mentioned Francis Cutler uh, doing a ton of work in the foundation just, of, vo of Voice Prince, but was also just a huge, huge trailblazer in uh, media for people from the blind and low vision community working behind the scenes at CBC for years and years and years. I just realized I didn't give you David's last name. It's from, sorry, total brain lock there. I got so excited. That, David that, Frum is the winner. Yeah, David. Sorry. <laughs> it, 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 th there's a way that people can learn a little bit more about their story. Where should they go to do that? So here's where Mark Calm loves me. AMI did a documentary on Lake Joe last year called Ripples that talks more about Robert and David's story. And you can watch it on AMI.com. AMI AMI.ca. AMI oh, Mark Calm likes you Thanks. a little less now, Karen. I can't believe I did that. Under documentaries. Look for Ripples, and you can find out more about them and learn more about Lake Joe, which is his passion project. Yeah, AMI.ca is something that I think we don't talk about enough on this show. The amount of content that gets posted over there, whether it be now with Dave Brown feature interviews, a lot of the great archives of documentaries and original programming up on there. There's a lot of amazing described content available for folks on AMI. Oh, gratis for free. Just head over to AMI.ca and you can find all kinds of great stuff, including that excellent, excellent Lake Joe documentary. Karen, before we let you go, before we say goodbye, there's a couple minutes on the clock and every now and then I know that I've asked a good poll question when you chime in on my text messages and say, I've got something to say here. So let me set the table with today's poll question, which folks can find at Accessible Media on Twitter, at Accessible Media Inc. on Facebook. How concerned are you about rising interest rates? Very concerned, somewhat concerned, or not concerned? Karen, you've got a bit of a personal story to tell here. So my mortgage was supposed to be up to be redone in April of 2023. Last December, I started contacting my bank going, I'd like to renew early because you could see I have a fixed mortgage and you could see the interest rates were going to start to climb. Like if you're paying any attention to the mm -hmm. news, they've been mm -hmm. warning, they were warning about this. Here's where the lack of people being able to, um, the lack of workers. Our bank has been unable to keep workers. There's been high turnover. People have been off on leave. It took them until August of this year to actually get around to it. Now, it wasn't pressing, but I missed, I think, two rate increases in that time, which actually ended up costing me money, but that's okay. It's a wonderful bank. I'm not complaining. I also, at the same time, put all my credit card debt on my mortgage, so I'm paying a lesser interest rate to pay it off, and I have no debt. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I got very lucky, I think, 
locked in for five years. Hopefully things will not be crazy in five years, but I feel very fortunate that I started nagging back when I did. So if you're up in the next little bit, my advice, and I'm not like not a financial expert, I get most of my financial knowledge from Dave Brown, <laughs> um, start, just, just talk to your bank. They're happy to talk to you. Karen, and they were really helpful. For, for a long time, you were one of my conduits into adulthood. Most adult problems <laughs> that I had, I would come to Karen McGee. So you can say that I offer you financial advice, but you also offer me very adult advice. And this is, I think, probably a prime example of that. Just because your mortgage may be up in a couple of years or maybe up in a couple of months, there's no reason as to why you can't be a little bit proactive in the process. That said, in the era of multiple rate hikes over the course of six months, maybe being proactive might not be the most helpful thing in the world. You might actually benefit from uh, chilling a little bit and trying to take a breath. But I know there's a lot of people who are stressing quite a bit right now. We're looking at fixed rate mortgages that are looking at almost a similar rate as variable rate mortgages. So there might even be a peace of mind of switching from variable to fixed if you can do that. But definitely this is a time to have open dialogue with your bankers and certainly be conscious of debt. Now, I know there's so many folks who might be listening today who are on disability assistance or on fixed income. They're a senior, whatever reason. I, you can't budget your way out of like systemic underfunding and underpayment yep. of people. There's no amount of budgeting you can do to solve those kinds of issues. But if you do find yourself in a position to have those conversations, it's definitely a worthwhile experience. I feel very, very fortunate. Even complaining about the fact that it took them that long to do it. God love them. Um, <laughs> I, I feel very fortunate that we are in the position to do that. Yeah, no wonder they have trouble keeping staff. They got to deal with Karen McGee's all day. There's too much friendliness for them to deal with. It's Thank impossible. You. Yeah. <laughs> Karen, thanks for this. We'll, we'll talk to you next you're week. You're the best, my friend. You're the absolute best. No, nah, you're the best. That's Karen McGee, oh. the best and a content development specialist for AMI, joining us from the thriving metropolis of Morrisburg, Ontario. In fact, they're just going to change the name of Morrisburg to Metropolis, Ontario. That's how thriving metropolis it is. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Juita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.